0: Little did D.D. Palmer know that when he liberated that innate spark in Harvey Lillard, which restored his hearing, he was to stir up a hornet's nest as to the righteousness of that principle within his own family of followers. Nor did he understand the breadth, length, and depth of how or why he was to originate a new premise in the world of man's philosophies, sciences, and arts, of an abstract distant yet so near universal God in which millions placed their hopes, aspirations, and by doing so, made the God of the universe a living, real, tangible God in man, which flowed downward in man, worked in man, which was no longer a hoped-for ideal, but became a workable, practical, actual, and realistic knowledge which could be defended upon to reproduce life, perpetuate life, and prolong life, if, as, and when people got sick. His successor, who by the right of inheritance formulated this law of life into consciousness in the minds of man, presented his postulist methods of sources of expressions. He presented to millions of sick the tangible proof of the correctness of those deductions. This man dared to be a nonconformist, a firm adherent who took his father's principle and developed it into a sound philosophy, practice of science and art, which worked when which worked when worked with sincerity and when properly applied. So B.J. was obviously talking about himself when he says, "You know, this man, this is a successor, etc." But I want you guys to think about this. I want you guys to think about what B.J and D.D. Palmer had to do to get chiropractic out to the world, right? I want you to think about the amount of effort it must have taken to create a totally new concept that was completely against the concept of every other concept that existed in modern medicine at the time, in the 1800s, and to bring that to the world, right? And what I want you to do, because I... It's fascinating how people, I'm always hearing this stuff. Oh, I don't know why you read green books. You know, it's just, that's just old history stuff. You know, just start only talking about modern chiropractic. You know? Let's talk about modern chiropractic instead of this old history stuff. Why you keep on talking about BJ and DD? Right? Well, the reason I talk about them is because if you were them, would chiropractic be here? If you were them and you found something as big as chiropractic, what would you have done? And let's think about history for a second. What did D.D. Palmer do initially after he found chiropractic? Did he teach it? No, he did not teach it. Matter of fact, he did not want to teach it. D.D. Palmer said, I found, at that time, the cure for deafness, right? And I'm going to keep it to myself, and I'm going to be the famous person who knows how to cure deaf people. But what did BJ say? <coughs> Does anybody know this history besides me? Wow, all right, well, if you do, you're just keeping quiet. So what BJ said was, no, dad, we can't do that. We can't do that, we can't keep this to, to just me and maybe me and you, we gotta teach this to everybody. And his father's like, no, 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 this is like a Palmer thing, right? Palmer, just you and me and a few others maybe, and nobody else. He said, no, 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 no. This is way, way, way bigger. Because they started adjusting people. And, you know, in the beginning, a patient might asked me yesterday. He said, so how did this chiropractic thing start? You know, where did this thing start from? So I took him over to the picture I have on the wall when I, I went to the centennial, the chiropractic centennial at Palmer, you uh, know, chiropractic college back in 1995 with my couple-month-old son, Palmer, uh, at the time, and my beautiful wife. And um, I got this amazing, uh, like, signed um thing from being there um that shows the brady the house on brady street where the first adjustment was delivered uh and picture of dd palmer and harvey lillard and bj so um i took him over to that and i said you see this guy i said that's dd palmer right you see this this is bj palmer i and he said i he said wait you named your son palmer didn't you i said yeah after these guys yeah yeah it's not from arnold palmer right, the golfer, or Palmer Cortland on one of those soap opera things, right, no, this was from B.J. and D.D. So, I said, so you see this guy, D.D. Palmer, he's adjusting this guy, Harvey Lillard, right, and, and the reason he's adjusting Harvey Lillard, the first adjustment, was because Harvey bent down and, to pick something up, and he was underneath a stoop, and he hit his head, and he heard a crack, and from that point on, he was deaf, and the guy's like, really, so what did, D.D. Palmer do? I said, well, he felt the area that this guy you know Harvey Lillard said was where you know he felt that crack, and he felt like a bump, right? As D.D. Palmer would call it, he felt a bump. <clears throat> and then he adjusted it, and in three adjustments, that bump was better, but so was his hearing, right? So that's how he restored his hearing. So if you think about that story, you can see where D.D. Palmer would deduce that what he did, found was something to do with hearing. But what they started seeing is, as they were adjusting people is that more than just people with hearing issues were having amazing, miraculous healings, right? And what's interesting is not many more people with hearing issues actually got a whole lot better. It was really all the other stuff, because they came in with hearing issues, but they also had heart problems. They came in with hearing issues, but also had asthma. They came in with hearing issues, but also had other kind of issues. And people were getting better. And now they're like, holy cow, we found something way bigger than just this. And we have to share this with the world. If that was you, where would we be, right? And Reggie Gold, one of the also amazing, famous chiropractors, I don't know if you ever heard of him or not, Irene Gold, you know Irene Gold? That was her husband, for those of you who don't know Reggie. Um, Reggie Gold was an amazing philosopher. He passed a few years ago, unfortunately. Um, And Irene is a living legend, really. You should talk to her about philosophy. If you ever listen to her talk on national boards, (coughs) say, can you give us a little talk about philosophy? because she is amazing. Anyway, so um, Reggie Gold used to say kind of the opposite, because I'm, I'm challenging you saying, if you were the first chiropractor, what would have happened? Reggie said, if you were the last chiropractor, would chiropractic survive? Right? Same thing, just different sides of the story, right? And I'd like to think that chiropractic would survive if it was one of you guys. I'd like to hope that if it was one of you guys, it would survive. I'd like to hope that if it was one of us, that we would perpetuate it. We would make sure it stays, right? But it's got to do, we have to do what BJ you know, said, <clears throat> which was, we have to adhere to the principle, right? One of my favorite sayings of BJ is, a principled man is a principled man. If you understand the, the pl- bless you, the play on words, right? A prin- The principled man is a principled man. In other words, you stick to the principles, right? You stick to the principles to make sure that you want to Explain why this is happening, right? Do not use the hard bone on a soft nerve explanation to a patient anymore. That was fine in the 1890s when we didn't know any better. That was fine in the 1900s. It is an inappropriate explanation now, right? The explanation now is about neurology, right? We are not back doctors, we are nerve system doctors. And people need to understand that, and that's what they want, and that's what they're looking for. They're looking for the truth on a much higher level. They're coming in researching you. Right? I'm telling you, my patients know more about me than I know about me. Right? My patients are coming in and say, i read all your articles because I'm all posted on my website. i read all your articles. I listened to your podcast and I've done all this research on neuroplasticity and, you know, so I'm really like listen to two new patients this week. First one, she's pregnant and she comes in and she said, "I had a horrible birth my first time around." And I've been doing a lot of reading since then, and what I need is a chiropractor like you because I want to make sure that my pelvis is as lined up as possible so I can have the best possible pregnancy and birth." Right? Wow. So that's awesome. Right? That's not what I usually get from pregnant women who say, my back hurts, just fix it. Right? That's, that's, I was like, wow, that's a high-level thought process because this is what patients are looking for. And then another patient comes in, brings their kid in, and says, um, we want to make sure that our child has the best nerve system possible to make sure that this little girl's immune system is functioning you know, to its peak performance. And we've read all about neuroplasticity, so we want to make sure that she's got the best neuroplastic chances to have the highest functioning immune system. Can you help with that? I'm like, hell yeah! That's exactly what we do, right? That's exact- And see, th- this is what people are asking for. I'm not making this up. Right now, I'm not saying that there aren't people calling up saying, "Give me a crack. I want you to crack my back." Right, but we tell those patients to go to some other place because that won't fit in our office. Right, that's not our office mindset. What we want is we want someone who's well educated who wants what we are going to give them. If they don't want what we're going to give them, then they shouldn't be a patient. Not that it's bad or wrong. It's not mean. Right. It's just if we have a certain kind of patient that we are attracting. And we want to attract that kind of patient because we want to stick with the principle. And if someone doesn't want that principle, there's nothing wrong with that, it's just like, like in cars. I've been driving Hondas, me and my wife have been driving Hondas since 1993. I love the Honda Accord. It's a great car. The thing never breaks down. I never have to worry about anything with it. It is amazing. I've I I've spend money on is putting oil in it once every couple of months. Right? That's it, the thing is incredible. And we've done this since 93. Right, but some people hate Hondas, and that's fine. I don't care. If you don't like a Honda, or not then you could drive a Toyota. Who cares, right? You just need four wheels. Doesn't make a difference what four wheels they are, right? It's the same thing. Someone wants chiropractic and that kind of chiropractic. That's fine. It's just not what I deliver, right? I am a Honda. I am not a Toyota, and there's nothing wrong with either one. It's just different, right? Because I have a certain principle, and my principle is that I want to attract highly educated highly motivated individuals who will take an active part in their care or their kids care and they're between the age 25 and 45 and they're willing to pay out of pocket because we don't accept insurance right that is the kind of patient that i attract so my patients when they come in they don't mean like what do you mean you don't take insurance they're like of course this is kind of no, this is not going to be covered by insurance right yeah it will not be covered not in my office right and because and, but that's your mindset it depends on what your mindset is, right? Because I feel that that is how I am able to express the principle, right? And, and I have joy in taking care of kids like this. I have joy in, in when this autistic boy comes in yesterday, and the kid, when he first came into the office, he was, so, he was stimming so badly. He'd be like, ah. ah. He'd just be screaming and pounding on tables and just pushing. And wouldn't, He was so hard to, to work with, but we met him on his level, right? I didn't force myself to, you know, like to, to touch his back in areas he didn't want to get touched. We didn't force him to lie face down if he did not want to lie face down. We slowly, slowly worked our way into his favor, right? We showed, even though he's five or six years old, we showed him that I respect where you're coming from. And yesterday, he walks into the office like this, totally calm, and Daddy says, lie over here, and he lies face down, and Daddy's up over here holding his hands, and Mommy's over here kind of rubbing his, feet feel like this, and I'm kind of rubbing his back like this, and I'm doing gentle adjustments and rubbing his back, and he's not making a peep or a sound or flapping his hands or screaming or anything, and then he gets up, and the Mom, with tears in her eyes, says, you know, he's just said his first words this weekend. He just said, Mom and Dad, and down first time four years old right stick with the principle. the principal people are the principled people right stick with the principle, right and they're paying cash because insurance doesn't cover this kind of stuff right what does Cigna say if you know if i want to to build signa or united or blue right they would come back if i wrote down subluxation they come back experimental investigational not covered boom right Now, you can write down back pain, neck pain, and maybe get it covered, but I am not going to write down back pain and neck pain to get something covered, right? I'm not going to try to jive the system. I'm not even in the system. I'm not interested in the system, right? Because the system is broke. The system doesn't work. It hasn't worked since 1890s, right? We have a much better system. We have a system that I know, and I know that I know if everybody in this country got adjusted, we'd have a healthier country. I know it. There's no doubt in my mind. If everybody got adjusted, and not mandatory, not forced like forced vaccinations, I would never want anything forced, right? But if everybody voluntarily said, you know what, this kind of makes sense, and if everybody just lined up in all our offices and got adjusted, this would be a healthier, happier country. There's no doubt in my mind, right? And here's my challenge to you guys. Right. My second job. my first challenge was, if you were the first chiropractor, would chiropractic turn into something? The second challenge is, can you buy into the thought process that if everybody got adjusted, we'd have a healthier, happier place? Because if you can, then do something about it. If you can, if you think the way I do, which is everybody would benefit from getting adjusted. Everybody in this country, and the world for the most part, you know, would benefit from getting adjusted then buy into it and act as if that's your purpose, right? If your purpose is to pay back student loans, it's going to come through. The student loans will get paid for. One way or the other, they're gone, right? They don't, you should even think about them not existing because at some point they won't, right? Someone asked me yesterday about student loans. like, how am I going to pay them off? I said, it's just a walk. And he said, what? I said, it's just a walk. And he said, what do you mean a walk? I said, watch. Here's graduation day. right? Five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 25 years. You're done. Right? And you might pay him back a hell of a lot sooner. i paid pay him back in 12 years. Right? So who? It's just a walk. It's just time. You just write a check every month, just like writing a check for your cell phone. Right? You all got Verizon, or AT&T, or Sprint, or somebody. Right? You're all writing a check for that pulling out of your bank account. You're just writing a damn check and then it's gone. So stop worrying about stu- student loans have nothing to do with your life, nothing. It's just, a, it's just, another, just like electricity, right? You say, well, interest rates, it's overcharged. I said, this is a damn gift, right? They gave you a gift. If you didn't have student loans, would you be here? No, then what are you talking about, right? Don't look a gift horse in the mouth, right? That whole thing, right? Be thankful. Be thankful. I was excited to pay back my student loans. When I finally paid back and wrote a big, huge check because I was sick and tired of writing little checks, so I'm going to write a big, huge check just pay these suckers off. That was one of the most exciting days of our life. I remember me and Lisa around 2000 or so, 2001, when we paid this thing off. That was so cool, right? It's like, get this thing off my back. I'm done. But I thanked them for it, right? I wasn't like, Ugh. I was like, thank you so much. For this gift, right? This is a gift. Because could you imagine living another lifestyle than being a chiropractor, right? This is the greatest thing in the world. But it's because we're living with the principle, right? We're living with the principle, and I like that principle, and I try to live by that principle, right? Doesn't mean it's perfect. Doesn't mean I'm perfect living at it. Doesn't mean there's never any mistakes or variations, right? Nobody's perfect, but we try to live with the principle. I live for moms telling me what she told me yesterday. I live for that. I live for moms telling me that we had a VBAC water birth after the doctor told her that she's too old to even consider having a VBAC. Right? I live for that. I live for the kids telling me, "Mommy said I don't need to take these drugs anymore because my ears are better." Right? I live for that. I live for the kids. who come in who are on Ritalin who don't need Ritalin anymore and are super excited because their bodies are working. I live for, for the little boy who used to be so clumsy that, and, that he would just trip and fall over the place, and they just went to Disney uh, over, They just came back from a couple of days, trip at Disney, and he had no problems walking at Disney because now he's much more sure-footed. I live for that, and he's telling me all these stories about how he did this thing with this Ninjago thing and this thing with this... Lego, he really liked Legos and all these other things I'm like this is that so I live for that right this is why I do what I do right I don't, I'm not doing it for student loans I'm not doing it for for the money you know the money comes but the money is secondary right you know why there's one word reason why I do what I do what's the one word service service one of my favorite things about the Rotary Club which I was a member of for many years when I was in New Jersey <clears throat> was service above self as their motto. Service above self. Right? That's why you do it. You get lost in service and it's like easy. It's effortless. Right? So whenever you're taking your OSCEs, whenever you're taking your boards that are coming up next week, whenever you're taking your finals or your midterms or your practical exams, remember why you're doing it. You're not doing it for the exam. Right? You're not doing it for the student loans. You're doing it for that little boy who's going to come into your office in a couple of years, who isn't talking, and in a few adjustments will start talking. You're doing it for the mom who wants to have a natural birth and didn't have it last time, and you're the only hope. You're doing it for the the kid who's on all kinds of meds because they're so sick all the time, and the only hope, you're the last hope, right? They're coming to you as the last-ditch effort, right? And maybe someday, maybe someday in my dream, maybe someday it won't be the last effort. There'll be, we'll be the first line of defense. Maybe someday. right? But for right now, we're usually the last effort. And that's okay. Because we're following a principle. And I don't care if we're the first effort or the last effort. You know, I don't care what it is that's going on. Because I'm not interested in what their diagnosis is. I'm interested in one thing and one thing. Because I only do one thing. What's the one thing that I do? Subluxations, I talk about them and I fix them, that's it. That's my whole job, very simple, there's, there's my resume, <laughs> Drew Rubin talks about subluxations and fixes them. That right? should be on my business card, Right? because that's it. That makes it very simple. Right? You may be a business owner and you may have to be a boss and you may do all these other things and have all these other hats you have to wear, but to boil it all down. You find subluxations, you talk about them, you fix them, that's it. Right? So think about the principle. Would the principle, should the principle exist if you were the last person or the first person doing it, right? Would you have created that principle, right? And don't look at BJ Palmer as some historical guy that we shouldn't talk about. Look at it as wow, look at what he did, right? Look at how he perpetuated chiropractic, right? Because if he didn't talk about it, None of this would be here. If he didn't talk about it, I'd still be some kid with asthma. Actually, I'd probably be a medical doctor with asthma, treating other asthma patients because that's where I was headed. still puff on my inhalers like we talked about, right? Imagine where you would be if chiropractic wasn't here. And think about how urgently it is that we need you.